This episode of Truce Table is brought to you by Truce Table. By Truce Table. Black women's musings on life, love, and liberations everywhere where books are sold. Online, in the stores, at your mama's pop bookstore. Go buy our book. Everywhere. Period. And debt-free degree with Dr. Roz, whose mission is to teach students to create wealth by graduating without loans or debt. Avoid the average $75,000 in student loan debt. Follow Debt-Free Degree with Dr. Roz on Instagram and Twitter at Debt-Free Degree with Dr. Roz and visit her Patreon community, www.patreon.com slash Debt-Free Degree. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? Welcome to the table, E. I'm doing. <laughs> As you can see, I am inside of literally my closet because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was ju- I was just recording uh, some some get in the word uh, recordings. Yes, that's all. Th- those who know, they know that we do like- this in our closet. <laughs> uh, you need to do some recording, sister. Listen, listen. When I tell you, I've been busy, gone all last week, and. It's been a beast out here. I'm 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 undone with the schedule. So it is a beast. Y'all need to send us some love offerings, y'all. Me, <laughs> I can't I can't wait. You know what? Stay tuned for the season. Stay tuned for the season, y'all. We got more about getting the word with Truth Table. But that's a little that's a little ad. And I just realized I was like, you know what? We ain't got no advertisement on the show for that. We need to fix that. Listen, listen, come on, y'all. Get, get get this get this get this Bible work. Get this Bible study work in you. I'm getting the word with us. All right now. So anyway, girl. Yes. So well, it's good to see you in your closet. Good to be seen. Good to see you. I know, right? As you can see, I've not properly exchanged my seasons out. Oh goodness. Ooh, I do not miss having to change out my seasons. I'll tell you that. I know. I know. My, my closet is a little bit bigger now, so I got a little mix of everything now, but whoo! Back in long, I had a little shoebox for a closet before I had to change it out. It was laborious. Yeah. I, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So welcome. Welcome, Saints. Welcome, Saints. Welcome, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Truth's Table. Um, so y'all, we are still, we're we're actually, we're getting toward the tail end, actually, of our of our book. We are- Facts. Are we in, the, oh, we're in the liberation section. Reborn to resist. Is on the table, y'all. This is Christina's um, other chapter. So y'all just, yeah, just get in it. Get into it. I'm trying, I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, this is the liberation section. That's right. So y'all, we've been, we've been making our way. People have really been saying that they've been enjoying our behind our book episodes. So that's good. (laughs) Glad to hear that because we were going to continue even if you didn't, but we are glad that you're enjoying them. (laughs) So Listen, that, I hope so. I know this is this is this is what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. So we this are, is what it is. We're we're happy, and I'm I'm happy to um to talk to my sister about her chapter, "Reborn to Resist" in our book, Truth Table: Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, in stores everywhere. And so, uh, so yeah, so Christina, what I mean, why? Why this topic? Why reborn to resist, particularly in a book where you know, um, you know, uh, where you know Michelle as an uh, organizer 
in the movement for Black Lives, you know, is talking about protests and spiritual practices. You knew there was going to be, even before the pro- proposal was done, we knew she was going to talk a lot about organizing and what does it mean to yeah, liberation yeah, yeah. and, you know, resisting, you know. And so what made you, what compelled you to um, write about this topic? And yeah, why? why, why, why? Yeah, I think it's probably, so I thought that it would be helpful to have someone who is not an organizer yeah. talk about resistance, right? And I think um, whether it's factual or whether it's an assumption, people who resist social injustice are sometimes, sometimes we look to them to also talk about the resistance of their own personal, so-called personal sins. I mean, all sins are systemic ultimately, right? They're all interconnected. But I think that such is our life, as our born-again life is that we resist. We resist injustices. We also are like buffeting the flesh to use old school language. We're also... We are also mm-hmm. resisting mm-hmm. our own, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, our own idols and temptations and our issues, uh, and we have a plethora of them. And um, and and th- those things, I think, necessarily have to be in conversation. Otherwise, we we run the risk of being hypocrites or um, taking away from the uh, our credibility around resisting social injustice. Mm-hmm. So I. So I, th- I think those things have to hold hand. I think it's also easy for those of us who are are in or not in denial about things like systemic racism. It's easy for us to call out the sins out there. Yes. Um, but it's also important that we call out the sins in here. And then certainly there are people who their entire tradition may focus on this kind of personal piety, may even feel a bit legalistic. But yet they are completely, you know, mum is the word when it comes to um systemic racism and uh, misogyny and and all the things, right? So I just think those things have to hold hands. They they have to be in conversation. And I think to be born again is to live a life of resistance until until we are glorified. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Until we are glorified. Mm -hmm. Yep. So resisting the sin within, as well as the sin without, Without. right? So the systemic and interpersonal sins. You know, because totally, happen, totally, um, totally, um, externally and outside of us. So, like, what would you say? So, when you're talking about resisting all that, I'm curious about the process. You know, <laughs> any warfare kick up uh, as you were preparing for uh, life. Such is my life. <laughs> Listen, okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, when, when, yeah, what was that process? Was there any sort of like you know warfare? You know, kind of you kind of alluded to that or even talked about that yeah. with regard to forgiveness. Like, uh, well, you gonna have to be forgiven some people. And so with reborn to resist, were you yeah. resist a whole lot of things? And <laughs> keep no, totally. No, I think that's a fair question, and I and I do think that there's a risk in writing about things that kind of open the door to our own our own vulnerabilities. And so, you know, you. so when I wrote a chapter on marriage, I mean, for the same reason why I would never be on a reality show with my family. I mean, shout out to the people who do. God bless you and protect you and cover you. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I just, you know, and, and I just, I just think that's, that's, that's real, uh, that's real slippery. Like, you know, I just, I just feel like yeah. <laughs> that could, that could set me up um, for some, some issues. And anyway, likewise, when you write a chapter about forgiveness, right? You know, people do, somebody do some, some wild to you. Now you got to figure out what you, do you really, do you really believe Mm -hmm. uh, that the the Holy Spirit has the power to make us not to just forgive, but to be forgiving people, which is really what the thesis of that chapter is. It's a, it's, it's what we become. Um, That's something that we do. And 
Um, so yeah, I, I, in some ways I kind of had to prepare myself for like, yeah, there's going to be consequences for putting this on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then likewise, when you think about reborn to resist, like have, having to reckon with my own sin and the ways in which, you know, I make excuses for my own, uh, besetting sins right. and, um, and the ways in which I may minimize or not choose to engage in the struggle against systemic sin, certain systemic sins mm. that we as Christians are called to call out, um, and to, and to wrestle, uh, against those principalities. And so I think, yeah, I think in writing the chapter, I think you have to do your own work. It's just like, you know, if you're going to preach a sermon, Hopefully you have preached that sermon to yourself, (laughs) you know, in the, in the sense of, um, you know, the spiritual discipline of it, right. Before you get up and preach it out towards the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so what about like, okay, so that's like the kind of like the aerial view of like, you know, what it took to write it. What about like, um, technically, like, where did you have, or practically, where did you have to, where did you have to go in order you know, in order to write um, this chapter, you know, was it, uh, did you have to dig deep? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. like some chapters is like, I got to dig deep. And I'm like, okay, we're going, we're going, we're we going to leave that part out. Um, we're not going to put this in. You know, yeah, so yeah. What were some of the, you know, the, the decision-making, you know, process um, of writing and what, yeah. And what did it require of you? Yeah. What did prayer look like? Were you you're praying as you're writing or, you know, what, what did all of that look like? What snacks? Did you have some snacks that you had to have at the wedding? <laughs> no, I did not have to have, listen, I need, I need to be drinking some water. I need my snack right now. Water, water. hydrate, hydrate and moisturize. That's right. That's right. Um, well, so I think what I was thinking about as I was writing this chapter, I was thinking about the ways in which we, and, and by, and I'm one of the we's, we make all kinds of concessions and compromises around our own pet sins and and the ways in which that creates um how we can how we can have a hidden relationship with Jesus even though we're Christians mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so i mean and, and and that um passage i talk about nicodemus's encounter with Jesus which yeah. is really this very secretive relationship that we are ashamed of Jesus. And in many ways, when we choose our sin over uh, what God has called us to, that's kind of what we're walking into. We're walking into being ashamed of the one who gave gave us all to us. And uh, we can have a relationship, even if we're publicly facing Christians or these professional Christians out here, (laughs) um, in in which we can still find ourselves, um, you know, sneaking away to, to see Jesus instead of having this very public faith for the one who publicly gave himself up for mm-hmm. us. And so I think that Nicodemus as a religious leader, there's, there's a way in which Nicodemus resonates, I think, uh, for me and for those who have a very public presence with their Christianity. Yes. Um, but yet, yeah, but, but are not, you know, again, doing what we have to do every single day, which is uh, the old man is dying. I mean, again, this is old school church language that you don't hear a lot. (laughs) I I I mean, really, like language like Buffett the flesh and the old man has got to die because there's a there's a new woman being has been reborn in me. And um, and anyway, I I think that I became fascinated by that, that that narrative, Mm -hmm. that story 
um, and the ways in which it's the ones who claim to know God, well, you know, the ones that are the experts in the law, yeah. um, because we tend to focus on the people out there that's out in the world. But I, I wanted to think about those of us who claim to know right. Jesus, this kind of secretive relationship that we can sometimes have when we don't want to give up mm. um, our pet sins. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, the fair, the the our pharisaical tendencies, right? Yeah, you talking yeah, yeah. to the us's. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Ian, I think also the ways in which we can use calling out everybody else's sin not to be held to account for our own sin, right? It can become it, that can become a way of life. That's right. It can become a brand. Oh, <laughs> it can yeah. become a brand. We can go to town on that, right. and instead of saying "search me," you know, the, the psalmist doesn't say like, you know, "search my neighbor" so that I can call them out. The psalmist says, "Search me." That's right. Holy Spirit, search me. Um, that's who needs to be searched. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be searched. So anyway, that's what I had, I think, on my mind and heart was really wrestling with those passages and um, thinking about my own tendency. Do I really believe there's enough grace for God to deliver me from my sins? Yeah. You know, and then you even talk about how, you know, how some people build a whole platform off of being Holy Ghost Jr., and so I think of the Holy Ghost Jr. and calling out this one and calling out that one, whether it be low yeah, yeah, yeah. or the, the fruit at the tippity top, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing that, whew, but for the grace of God, there go I. Oh, right? so and that doesn't totally. mean that we don't hold people accountable. Absolutely. That doesn't mean, you know, we, we are actually supposed to, I know this is not very popular, uh, yeah. but Paul does talk about how we are actually supposed to judge those inside the church and so that's why i appreciate this chapter because it's like you are talking to us is yeah (laughs) right you're talking to us um and so uh and so many people are um disillusioned falling away and walking away from jesus not only the church but also from Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not making a complete correlation. There are people that have walked away from the church that are still to, you know, holding on to Jesus. So I'm, I want to make that clear, but mm-hmm. there are people that have walked away from both. Um, and, um, from Jesus in particular, because of, um, the hypocrisy, the pain, the hurt, abuse that they've experienced in yeah. the church and from church yeah. folk, right. Yeah. Um, who ain't living right. Mm-hmm. And who aren't living congruently, and there's real con- grave consequences. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Well, we're not going to be able to, and I and I think I think that's a helpful distinction to make, and we want to yeah. give, we want to be honorable um, and kind to people who are really wrestling yeah, exactly with with church membership. Exactly. But I'd also say that we we don't resist by ourselves. Nope. And I mean, some of us, I mean, we will find, you know, we we're getting our clocks cleaned. Because we think that we can do this thing independently. Okay. I mean, Christ is the head of the church. Come on. And we are meant to um, do do this thing, this thing as in discipleship, as, as uh, you know, walking this life in Christ. We're, we're not meant to do that solo. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Christ has died for a people. Yes. And I think that sometimes, uh, and, and I, I get it because the hurt is real. And trust me, I... I get it on a personal level, Mm -hmm. Um, but we are not members at large. We're part of a body Mm -hmm. and we really do need the strength that the body has. Um, Even if it's tripping, we need need the strength of the body um, in order to, to run this race together. It's a relay race. 
It's not an independent race. And I think oftentimes our Western perspective, even those of us who are kind of rejecting the Western church, okay, well, we probably need to ask the Holy Spirit to search us to see how influenced we are by our our Western thinking, (laughs) because this is still the same air. We still breathe in the same air. Absolutely. Uh, And and again, we we have to do this with other uh, other believers. We have to run this race with other believers. That's right. That's right. Well, you know... um, Speaking about running races and relay races, <laughs> we got to run a race here at Truth's Table, but we got to pass the baton you know, That's to right. our advertisers. So we're going to take a That's quick right. commercial break. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to get the baton back. And we'll be back That's here right. at the table with Christina talking about Reborn to Resist. So keep it locked, y'all. We'll be right back. Truth's Table. Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation is a classic in the making. According to Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggett, author of Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration, New York Times bestselling author Dr. Jamar Tisby says that people often say, listen to Black women. Now at Truth's Table, you have your chance. We don't deserve the gift of this book, but once again, Black women have generously served us all. If we are to actually alleviate the immense burdens our sisters bear, then we must heed their words. T. Morgan Dixon, co-founder of Girl Trek, says this, There is a textured knowing in this book, a spiritual enlightenment, made brighter by the author's own personal breakthroughs. The way they describe the fabric of our collective trauma makes me trust their solutions. And Dr. Joy Hardin-Bradford, founder of Therapy for Black Girls, says that Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, shines a light on some of our most vulnerable places as Black women, leaving no stone unturned. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is a clarion call to consider our communal truths by opening ourselves up to a deeper inner truth. By Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, wherever books are sold. That's a lot of money, y'all. 37% of students with student loan debt owe over $100,000. Woo, that is almost a house. And y'all, I'm in the number. Jesus be a debt counselor. Dr. Roz has three degrees, including her PhD, and she only took $1,000 in loans. And she wants to teach you and your students how to earn a debt-free degree. Dr. Roz is a nonviolent strategist, culture shifter, and hugger. She teaches Dr. Martin Luther King's philosophy and methodology of nonviolence around the globe. And as part of that, she teaches students how to earn any degree without loans. That's right, y'all. Any degree without loans. Imagine the trajectory of your life or the life of a current student who goes into their profession unencumbered by student loan payments versus the student that's saddled with six-figure student loan debt. Dr. Roz has a great offer for Truth Table listeners. When you join any level of her Patreon community, send her a message in Patreon and mention Truth Table, and she will refund you half of your membership fee for the first month. That's right, y'all. When you join her community and you send her a DM saying you heard it from Truth's Table, she will refund you half of your membership fee for the first month of joining her Patreon community. Families and educators, this is a great way to guide your students to a debt-free degree using all the tips, tricks, and tools that Dr. Roz provides. To learn more, about debt-free degree, go to patreon.com slash debt-free degree and follow Dr. Roz 
on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Debt Free Degree with Dr. Roz. Y'all, we are back at the table. We're back. Talking about Reborn to Resist. Yep, yep, yep. And so, um, anyway. <laughs> We were having a riveting conversation about relaying we were. things, and I was going to bring in the tug of war analogy, but you know, you did enough, so that's fine. Um, so- that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I was never okay. a fan of tug are. of war, but it does take a community. Yes, yes, because yes. we are in a battle now. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, look, you switched it up. It was, it was the, uh, it was a relay race. Was but that's fine. But tug of war, same thing. And it's nothing like getting dragged if your team is not, if your team is not not strong enough, they're going to pull you across. <laughs> Listen, Satan and his minions is, is trying to drag the trench, but I thank God that Jesus Christ is holding the hey, line. Is holding the line by, by himself. By himself. Okay. Oh that my God. So, that, that is a very bona fide churchy analogy, and I'm here for it. He holding on, okay? And guess what? He he not even holding on with his arm. He just holding on with the power of his word. That's, right. that's all he needs. So anyway, because he is. Not only <laughs> but the lamb. All right? Yes. The lion and the lamb. It's so- yes, yes. <laughs> so jerky. I can walk it. <laughs> yeah, I do. it is what it, it is. is. No shame. It is. Next. It is what it is. This is where we are. So anyway, so Christina, <laughs> can you talk about um some of the, the joys, uh, the challenges? Uh, did you have any mm-hmm. concerns when you were writing um Reborn to Resist? Yeah, maybe in comparison, maybe to the other chapters that you wrote. So concerns, concerns, concerns. You know, I and think joys, um, joys too. <laughs> joys, yeah. Well, well, I was, I was glad when I was done. Ah! <laughs> I need to say that I need to go say real talk. We was like, please receive this manuscript and have a blessed day, right. right? But um, I think, I think whenever you're talking about resistance and uh, sin. You can easily walk the line of um, of legalism. That's right. I think legalism, and, and you can start to think that it is you, you, within your own power to resist sin. So I think you have to be mindful of that, that it is the spirit at work. Um, but I also think that there's a flip side of that too, right? Yeah. And in which we can find ourselves, um, you know, just just no holes bar like there's just <laughs> there's no and and what i have found interesting i guess over the last decade or so and and i it would be easy to pick on i think maybe like uh progressives on this uh theological progressives mm. or or more, even more specifically theological liberals on this and say like well they're not talking enough about sin well i mean they talk about systemic sin they'll, they'll yeah. you know yeah which is super important amen yeah. i'm with you on that yeah. but i but I would say that regardless of those kind of identifiers, conservatives or progressives or, you know, liberal, whatever, whatever camp you think you might be in today, I find that people take the same, um, <laughs> even if they change their camp, they take the same attitudes <laughs> and bring it on in. You know, if somebody was a legalist when they were a conservative, they're a legalist as a, you know, as a progressive Um but I, I, so I was, I was trying to be mindful of that. And I, and I thought about, you know, how, you know, we really need to understand what repentance is mm-hmm. and that we live lives of repenters. This is one of the things that has been won for us at the cross is, is is forgiveness, of course. Right. But also the ability to be just free people, people who can be free enough to say, like, um, you know, I have this besetting sin mm-hmm. or 
um, I don't want to give this up or <laughs> whatever it might be. And I just think that that when 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 that is called out, when we're not ready to surrender all of who we are over, I think our responses um, is it can be anger. Right. It can be, you know, blaming the messenger. Uh, I'm thinking about what I do, mm-hmm. what I do personally. And also we can just think about the psychological defenses. But what I do personally, when I have a pet sin or I feel justified, um, maybe justified in being unkind, justified in lacking patience, right. mm-hmm. it's, a fruit, it's a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. for crying out loud, um, justified and in, in not even wanting to forgive, forget about forgiving, but not even wanting to forgive, mm-hmm. not even wanting to live in a way in which, a, you know, a spiritual debt is can- canceled. Um yeah, I, I just think that that is um, when I don't want to do those things. I have a hundred and one reasons and defenses not to do right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and again, I know what I'm like when when you know when I don't want to really acknowledge those things. Ninety nine is surrender. The truth ain't one. Listen, ninety nine problems. Hello, but. This, this, these are the facts. Right. These are the facts. So, um, so I thought about that. I thought how the the chapter could be triggering. I think for some people, which is why I think even if as you read all of the chapters in this book, whether it's one yeah. that M that M wrote or you wrote or, or myself, I invite people to prayerfully move through the book. And we've even gotten feedback from people about. The fact that they, obviously y'all should go ahead and buy the book if you're hearing us right now talking and you don't have it. Go and get that book right now. But we've heard from people who felt like they needed a retreat to really sit with the book, to to wrestle with it, um, to take time away and um, to feel all the feels that the book kind of brings out for people. And so I think... I think that this chapter can be one of those Mm. that, that, that brings about those, those feels for people. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. I I can definitely see that. I'm I'm curious about um, which chapter you think reborn to resist. Is there a companion chapter? You know, if you had to think about it that you've written in this book that you're like this book and I'm sorry, this chapter and this chapter are definitely in conversation. Like I I asked Michelle this about, um, Woo, um, not pro, oh, love and justice in multi-ethnic worship. Mm. I asked her about yeah. that in that episode and her companion chapter um, for that. Or, or maybe we just had a conversation and, and it came out, but the, the companion for that is keys to the kingdom of God for her. Yeah. If I had, for me, if I had to think about my companion chapter, my companion chapter would absolutely be the audacious perseverance of colorism and... Mm hidden in plain sight, a single black woman's manifesto, because, you know, those, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of interplay um, there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're both, yeah. And they're both, they're both really like sociological uh, treaties too. I think Mm -hmm. it makes sense that you would pick those two up. I think, you know, I was going to say forgiveness, but actually I think that the companion is probably uh, disciplining the church. Yeah. Um, Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there's so many ways in which we limit so many ways in which we don't, we're not honest about our besetting sins and our pet sins and our entitlements because we're looking at the church and what the church has gotten wrong. So it's like, it's like, well, you can't tell me nothing. (laughs) You can't tell me nothing because you're out of pocket. And I'm like, but, but, but that's not who, but that's not who is telling us something about what we need to let go of. It is, it is the one who is thrice holy. It is God. So if I was if I was always looking at the church or preachers and saying like, well, y'all can't tell me nothing, I could probably ride that out, right? Right. Um, because they're 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 fallen and they're and nobody they're, can tell you nothing. 
nobody. And, and I and I think there's a there's a sense in which sometimes I think we find uh, leaders who have no credibility on, on a conscious level, so that nobody does tell us anything. Yeah. Right. And um, but it is not the purity of the pastor that <laughs> right that grants them their authority. Although pastors need to be living right as, as scripture outlines, um, it is not the purity of the pastor. It is the purity of the word of God and what, what what the Spirit is calling us into. So I, but those things I think go together because that's a huge stumbling block mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And and when the church is not resisting its sin, when it's not resisting its corruption, its excuses, its cover ups, it tempts people. Um, to to not do their own resistance uh, personally. And they also don't have the church as a place that provides strength. You know, my husband often, you know, quips that it, you know, it takes it like how it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a church to raise a saint. It, it may it takes a community, it takes a body of believers mm-hmm. um, who are entrusting themselves to Jesus in all the ways That's right. um, to help us to together grow up, uh, moving from milk to meat. And I think that those two chapters can can go together. They can be in conversation. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. I, I If I had to pick the companion book chapter, I would definitely say Discipline in the Church and Reborn to Resist. They, they definitely go together um, like two peas in a pod. And so, <laughs> so see, we are coming toward the end of Indeed. discussing Reborn to Resist. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so um, I'm curious to uh, to hear from you about what was left unsaid and what you want the sisters at the table and the folk in the standing room section to take away from this chapter. You know, that's something that people have asked us about in our press interviews. And I've, as I have different answers actually for, for the sisters at the table, depending on the chapter and yeah, the, folk for in sure. the standing room section. So I'm curious about what you feel like there, if there was anything, was there anything left unsaid when you wrote this chapter? And also what do you want um, our different uh, uh, listeners to take away from this chapter? So I think that if I had to do it again, which I won't, because um, <laughs> we move forward, not backward. We move forward. Um, it is what it is. But I think I would have made a more direct call to revival because I think that is ultimately what mm. the chapter leads to. It's a, um, And I think that certainly in, in our context nationally, there is a need for revival. There is. And there's a need for, um, yeah, a calling back, a renewal, a, you know, um, restoration, mm-hmm. healing, cleansing, mm-hmm. call it what you want to call it. But it, there's a need. I think there's a need for that in this moment. And I was just talking to a friend of ours about how I just haven't heard enough sermons or calls about grief or about not, not just lament how we use that in some different kind of uh, Christian jargon. I mean, lament has a beautiful, deep meaning, but just to call it, just you know, d- directly call it just grief. We haven't heard about that. We haven't, we hadn't, haven't had a call right. to fast and pray. Yeah. Which again, this is like the episode of all the old school Christian language, but <laughs> but like fasting and praying, and um, we need to get back to the basics. Absolutely, and and you know, the scriptures when you when you hear uh, that admonition in the new testament it's it's in relation to you know enemies that cannot be defeated um spiritual powers principalities that we in our 
uh, our usual Christian disciplines, <laughs> we can't get rid of. And we get this admonishment. The, the disciples get this admonishment like, well, y- y'all not going to be able to do anything about this demonic power, this principality, because this one comes out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. And if we're not in a this one comes out by prayer and fasting moment, <laughs> and yet I'm not hearing a call for such. So I think I probably would have landed the plane more more squarely. Yeah, yeah. In, in a call for revival and revitalization and uh, yeah, crying out to God, mm-hmm. praying and fasting mm-hmm. uh, before the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And then, and then what would you want the people to take away from? And, that yeah. that no one else is going to make that call. Like I, So I think we're looking to religious leaders. I can't speak for all the people, but, I, but whenever I bring that topic up that, we, that I just talked about, people are often like, well, who's going to make that call? And I just don't think that, you know, when I look at some people's sermon series, they talk about everything but the present moment. And maybe it's because they're, they're beat. You know, I think a lot of our pastors are just worn yeah, out and yeah. anxious and depressed and shell-shocked. And I mean, it's, it's a lot going on. I have a lot of empathy um, for, for clergy. Um, so I, you know, yeah. and they're not only, they're not only people who hold wisdom in the body of Christ. <laughs> so sometimes we're looking at them like you should know what to do with us. They don't know what to do in a pandemic. You know, they, they are people who need the Lord just like everybody else. And so with that being said, I think we, I think I would have, I think the person who's reading, I would want them to take away. We are looking to someone else to do something that the spirit may very well be giving us kind of the Function to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to be the ones who make a call for revival and for renewal okay. and to fast and pray. Okay. Um, and so I think that's what I would want people to take away from this and that we need to be resisting, right, our own sin. Um, but, but, on the trajectory of this revival that we so desperately need. And so I think if we continue to look for denominations or these or religious leaders or bishops or whatever the position might be to do that, um, we might actually be missing what God is trying to do in us mm-hmm. as uh, as members of the, of the priesthood of all believers. We have our own positionality in the body of Christ, <laughs> well, even whether we're clergy or not. And so I think that's what I would want people to take away from this is to stop waiting for pastors to, to move in some type of spiritual perfection. Obviously, they need to live. Yeah you know, virtuous and, and good lives and all these things. Right. But I think stop, stop waiting on uh, them. They're tired. Yeah. And, I mean, the best ones, the very best ones are tired. <laughs> they don't have all the ideas. We're the body mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I would want people to take away from it is that what you're waiting on, the Lord may have already put in you. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's a good word. I think that's a great way um, to, to end it. Y'all let's, whew. Let's do what God called us to do, you know, um, and, and and not only look to the pastor, but know you have gifts, you know, the pastor ain't no better than you, mm-hmm. you ain't no better That's than right. the pastor. <laughs> you have the spirit, you know, um, and so let's, you know, let's, let's yield to the spirit and do um, what we ought, you know, to do because uh, goodness, Whew. the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. They are few. So thank you so much, um, C, for writing this chapter, Reborn to Resist, um, for giving us a roadmap on what it looks like to resist sin within and sin without. Um, And of course, we want to thank our sisters and all of y'all for taking a seat after mm-hmm. us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode behind our book, 
Reborn to Resist with Dr. Christina Edmondson using the hashtag Truth Table and hashtag Truth Table Book. Black women, y'all, we have a Black Women's Facebook discipleship group. So make sure you like our Facebook page and answer the entry questions. Preferably do this on your laptop so you can actually agree to the group rules and so that we can admit you into the group. Um, invite your friends to join us too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truthstable. Truthstable is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. Our video producer is Dale Bradford. And we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.